Hey there, I am Riz and I am a 22-year-old Christian. And I welcome you to my first ever podcast episode. On this episode, we're talking about my early adulthood. I am to share how God has been so great as my Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, and Jehovah Shama during this season of young adulthood. And through this podcast episode, I am going to be answering the following questions along the way. Number one, what was my first job? Two, is young adulting difficult? Three, what were the bumps and plot twists of the first few years of my young adult life as a Christian? And lastly, how did I work my way around them? So here it goes, let's start! As a backgrounder, I graduated with Latin honors from a premier university in the Philippines called University of the Philippines Mindanao. The question is, was it my ticket to land in my very first job after graduation? Nope, because God's favor is. Two weeks before my graduation, I was contacted by one of our lay leaders in the ministry called SOM or Philippine Student Alliance Lay Movement. Her name is Ate Joy. She asked whether I could serve as a volunteer teacher in the same school she was once a teacher in. I was more than happy to be offered with the job I did not even vigorously apply for. It was served to me like a silver platter. I was more than grateful and excited for it that I said yes right away. It was a blessing any fresh graduate could be grateful for. On the afternoon after my graduation, I was immediately asked to come to the Christian private school I was invited to work for. I was given the materials I were to use to teach grade 12 students creative writing and English for academic and professional purposes. On how to teach students only two years younger than I was, I had no idea but to cling upon the promise of the Lord that I was called to serve Him in any ways He wanted me to. Not to mention, this teaching stint was not just a job. It was a mission I was called for. Besides, I wasn't called a volunteer teacher for no reason. Yes, it was not a stable and regular job, but any fresh graduate who has no experience in any field can't be thankful enough. With the meager allowance or love gift that I was given every other week, I haven't bought anything remarkable for myself, but it sure did allow me to sustain my transportation allowance and a few things I needed every day. My snacks, or baon as we call it here in the Philippines, and the lipstick I had to use each day I go to work. And that's it. Volunteering as a teacher in that school gave me an opportunity to meet a number of gifted and interesting students. Each of them have their own charm and personality, and most if not all of them are really gifted in music. In fact, all of them are part of the church ministry they belong to, and I was more than encouraged to learn playing the piano more than ever. With that, I was more than reminded how important it is to let one's child get his or her education from a private school where one could be surrounded with good set of people with great characters 
and provided with lots of good opportunity to grow and platforms to explore. Even if I was only teaching during Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, there was still a lot of work to do. I learned the value of working really hard, waking up early in the morning, and being gracious and firm at the same time to my students. However, even if I was doing something worthwhile, I can still feel that something's lacking. Well, don't get me wrong, I did not feel undercompensated or exploited in that teaching vocation. In fact, I earned more than the minimum wage. And to add to that, I was deeply moved when they even gave me a free full body massage coupon for Teacher's Day celebration. But after all those things, I just felt unsatisfied. Because I felt as if I was called for more. Not long enough, I received the news from the campus missionary of San Davao, Cuyajunmar. He said, Riz, do you want to take part in the ministry as a volunteer campus missionary? Take time to think about it and let me know, he reassuringly said. There's just something about him being so considerate and respectful for my decision that I felt so drawn to his offer. But on top of that, I know for myself that I really want to take part in the ministry of Psalm as a campus missionary, but I knew too that it is something I should think about and pray for, seriously. I finally understood why God has given me a teaching job that only requires a few days in a week for me to work for. God knew for sure the desires of my heart. Back then, I fully appreciated how God has planned everything carefully to put things on their places and allow me to become a missionary. This calling required me to come to my university every Thursday night. Yes, it was physically exhausting, but it sure was a weekly blast of endorphins. I am more than delighted to have an opportunity to pray for the university as I walk along the corridors. I even got to station in one of my favorite tambayans during my college days and got to share the gospel for about 10 students. I definitely appreciated how important it is to know well the field that you are going to minister to. As for me, it was easier to share the gospel because I already knew how the students think, what their dispositions towards faith and religion are, and what terminologies and jargons to use to let them feel that I am not a stranger to them. I knew beforehand what could possibly be their reasons for refusing to hear the gospel too. <laughs> Seeing people I knew back in my university days was definitely a delight. Whenever they ask why I am back in the uni, I proudly say, with all my heart, I am volunteering as a campus missionary for song. Hearing those words come out from my mouth surely felt like a dream come true. The early years of my adulthood was not all about the ministry though, mind you. It also provided me opportunities to enjoy my hobbies and explore new ones. 
With that, I got to come to different film festivals such as Egosai and Scandinavian Film Fest. In fact, I was able to come and volunteer as an actress for Nilnig Film Camp. Well, basically, it's a film lab for any short film that circles around the operative term Nilnig, which basically means chills. It's up for the filmmakers how they interpret that, but most of the films just revolve around horror, thriller, and other things out of this world. But yeah, I was invited to the town by a few women from UP which I only met in a forum organized for the local farmers. Well, I happened to come there because of my advocacy for farmers' rights. One of them asked, do you act? And I said, Definitely. I had already acted in stage plays and few short films during my university days and so hearing her talk about the Nilnig film camp brought me to the realization that I surely missed acting. And it was about time to awaken my long sleeping creative spirit. Because of that, I chose to devote my entire weekend for the Nilnig film camp. Well, in there, I met people way beyond my league and way too different from the usual crowd I have been spending most of my time with. You could normally see me hang out with my Christian friends either in Psalm or church or my university friends who also happen to be Christians. Well, to add to that, even my job as a private school teacher in a Christian school only allows me to be with Christians. I only realized that when meeting people in the film camp whose lifestyle were noticeably different from mine had been quite a shock. Most of them smoke cigarettes a lot, they drink way too much coffee, they sleep less than six hours, and all they do is converse about the film industry, horror films, politics, art, philosophy. Things I have been longing to talk about for a long time. And if only they did not smoke a lot of cigarettes. And only if they allowed everyone to sleep for full 8 hours. My entire experience would have been the top experience of my early adult life. To state the fact, it was I who wanted this. Building connections with other people. Getting to know perspectives different from my sect and letting myself feel that somehow I still belong in the literary society after how many months of graduating from creative writing course but not working as a creative writer but a teacher. If there's another notable thing that I learned during the film camp, that would be patience. My part only allows me to appear on a few scenes in a short film. That means that I am not the main lead and was only required to act for about an hour or two. That left me with a lot of time to wait and even sleep while the rest of the team worked their heads off for hours. I could still remember having been able to sleep from 9pm to 11.30pm while waiting for my turn to have my scene taken. Do these people never tire? I asked myself. While waiting and being half asleep the whole time, I decided to take a moment and hear the voice of the Lord to get to know what He was trying to teach me that time. 
Well, not long enough, God made me remember his message on pushing the boat further. Earlier than that, I was so guilty for choosing not spending the weekend for church-related activities, such as joining the church music team practice and coming to church for the Sunday service. But that instance where I could reflect made me realize that God will never leave me unsecure as I push the ball a little further and farther. Meaning, even if I am with a set of people who are not of the same faith with mine, I am safe. As a matter of fact, I want to be reminded how important the assurance of the Lord is if I have not taken this opportunity to go out of my comfort zone. I felt at ease and eventually fell into a slumber. A little over 11.30 in the evening, I was woken up by someone whose name I quite forgot and was finally asked to come to the set and deliver a few heavy scenes. By heavy, I mean lying on an old dusty mat and squirming and shaking, shouting like some kind of possessed individual. Did I tell you that we're doing this in the middle of the night? <laughs> I'm just making sure I point that out. Because yep, we're doing all this crazy, frightening things in the unholiest time of the night. To be honest, I'm not the kind of person that gets frightened easily. But I knew for sure that this kind of things only invites not the good kind of forces around us. This is the kind of things my God wouldn't be happy about, but being of company to these people during a difficult and uncertain time made me notice how I was so sure about my faith in the Lord. I knew for myself I would not be shaken, and it was not the best time to act lousy as everyone in the production team were already tired. And so I made sure I was not a burden to them, and instead, I'd be of assistance to the hungry and tired individuals. I made sure to encourage them to eat and even gave one of them some crackers I have left in my pocket. Even during the unholiest time of the day, I made sure I could still be a blessing to them. And a little over 2am, it was time to pack up. The day after that did not get any easier though. We still had to take a few scenes and fillers to make the story whole. And this means my job did not get any easier too. I had to act on some scenes where I was the one being molested sexually. I knew for myself it was not real. And having been able to act for how many years, it was no longer an issue for me. However, having people around the production set looking at me while doing a critical role as a subject of sexual molestation in huge and broad daylight can be huge of a butter. It is as if all the eyes around me are taking me as a subject to gaze upon. Not to mention the huge camera lens right in front of my face. It truly was a difficult role to take. And I was more than ready to end it in no time. I have to leave earlier than the rest of you guys. I might not be able to watch the final cut this afternoon. I said to the rest of the production team while we were walking back to the conference room. What things do you have to attend to that you need to go down right away? Someone from the team asked. 
I want to make sure I wouldn't skip the evening church service, I weakly said. You're a Christian? Our videographer asked, surprised. Yep, I shortly said. I really have to go to church. I said without going to detail that I no longer feel like staying with a huge crowd of unbelievers any longer. I am a Christian too, a videographer added. I do not know how and why I felt relieved that somehow, someone in this huge crowd of unbelievers is with me. It made me feel that somehow, I'm not alone in this little discomfort. I just hope it supported me by saying, Go, you should catch the evening service right away. Disappointingly, he only said, I actually want to go to church too. And he added no further. He had a sense of desire on the tone of his voice, yes, but no volition to act upon it at all. I also wondered how it was for him to take the shots of me being molested as a script requires in few of the scenes. You know, being the videographer himself and a Christian too, it brings me to wonder. But yep, I had no interest in asking him that of course, and so I pushed the thought at the back of my mind. The series of taking the scenes to further improve the short film continued even after the film camp. Our director wanted to submit the short film for the upcoming Homemade Film Fest. I was invited again to act for the same role, and thank God there was no need for me to do parts I was not comfortable with. For some reason, they stripped those things off, and things got easier eventually. For one, it is because the next new scenes were to be shot in the place where I was already familiar with, UP Mindanao. The director managed to rent an old house that was about to be demolished around the UP community. And another reason might be because I knew for sure that this would be the last time that we're gonna be having a long day devoid of rest. This time around, I made sure to pray for everyone before the critical scenes started. Even if I had to shout like crazy in the middle of a forest, I never felt that the Spirit of God left my side. And this time around, I felt as if the videographer made little efforts to say reassuring words like, don't mind what they're talking about. Whenever the team's conversations turned towards topics like, how life could be so senseless, and even things about sexuality and immorality. Topics of which I already have a firm set of belief about. There's no need to stop your tracks and baby me about those things I wanted to say to him, but instead, I shut my mouth and thanked the Lord instead for having someone to remind me to shut my ears on things I shouldn't be hearing about and dwelling with. The acting stint soon came to pass, and I decided for myself that, though I am passionate about acting for films, I could not trade my peace of mind. Getting to know talented people was really fun, yes, but the lifestyle of having lack of sleep, getting to be around people who smoke cigarettes, and casually talking about sex, philosophy, and different kind of beliefs was way too much for me. Then, I knew it was a risk to take. 
furthering the boat I mean. The film industry, even if I was only exposed to a small part of it, was not for me, I learned. I was happy to have that opportunity but I could not push the boat any further. I am glad that out from that experience, I gained so much insights and a few good friends to keep. I'm sure I'm still passionate about film and filmmaking but I don't know about acting anymore since I noticed that I am often casted in horror and thrillers because of my Chinese looking eyes. <laughs> no kidding. Going back, in no time after serving as a teacher for one semester, I finally was able to find for a day job that would require me to work every single day of the week, including Saturdays if needed. I applied as an admin staff in another school, well actually it's the same school I went to during my grade school and high school years. It was a dream come true to return to the corridors not as a student, but an employee instead. I originally wanted to be a teacher, but the school badly needed someone to be of assistance during the accreditation period. I decided to accept the job of being an accreditation staff eventually, not minding what job I have to take as long as I could serve back the school where I was once a scholar. It was pure joy to re-encounter people I was already familiar with, it was also a blessing to have a huge office all to myself. The only company I have were boxes of documents that I were to organize. Surely, it was not the job I have been dreaming of, but it was really a good avenue to listen to Christian songs each day, spend time for my daily devotionals, converse with other Christian students and teachers, and even share the gospel to few of them. It was pure bliss. However, I encountered some setbacks eventually. I felt as if I was working really hard but not drawing enough income from it. For a couple of times, I had to stay in the school very late and finish some things. There was also a time when I got home way past 10 in the evening. And in all those circumstances, I and other staff were not compensated. The other staff were okay with it, I was not, no matter how I made efforts to have them credited. The administration and finance of the school was not just in the mood to turn things in favor of my request. What can I do? The school maybe too is struggling with finances. I just wish private institutions could make more efforts to make their employees feel valued and well compensated though. Well, at some point, I eventually had to decide to apply for a much more stable job and no longer renew my contract in that school. The Lord did not disappoint. A cousin-in-law of mine told me to submit my application letter to the Human Resource Unit of a Public Health Insurance Office here in the Philippines. I happily complied and earnestly prayed for it for quite a long time. I had to wait for months six months to be exact. It was a long waiting game that I needed to distract myself from and so I decided to try law school while waiting for the job appointment. Entering law school was a tough decision to make. I was eager to try it even if it was not the best of my interest. It was my parents. Yes, 
My heart was not initially into it even until the day I randomly decided to enroll myself. If things go smooth, I'd carry on, I said to myself. To my surprise, the enrollment process went really easy. I thought it was a sign that I should push through with the schooling. I gave my all during the first two weeks before my classes. I made sure that I memorized all the things that I could. I got my hands on the Philippine Constitution and even managed to memorize the preamble which I have never encountered neither during my high school years nor my college years. Studying was fun until the real deal of classes started and I had to read books of cases to memorize more than a handful of articles each night. I worked too hard until I experienced a not-so-casual burnout. I struggled to remain asleep at night and most often I find myself irritable and distracted. It was something that couldn't just be fixed by stress eating or watching some movie series because I had no time for any of that. Instead, I devoted more of my time soaking in worship and crying my heart out hours before classes start at 5 p.m. It was not a joyful experience at all, I could say. Having no time for yourself and family anymore. Just because you have to finish the reading sets for a very limited time. In fact, the expectations were raised to a certain bar that all of the students could never reach. On top of that, in each class session, I had to face a battle of emotional, mental, and psychological torture whenever there was a need to stand in front of the whole class for recitations. There were all kinds of professors I was not fond of. Sexists, hedonists, lovers of money, name it. If you think I am exaggerating, I am not. Some of my classmates said I was just being biased and that my perspective was entirely skewed because I came from the University of the Philippines, infamous of being anti-government and subversive in many ways. I can always set aside my firm beliefs and disposition towards the government and let my meekness take over knowing that on top of being a UP graduate, I am a Christian. Meeting people whose perspectives are different from mine is okay. What I was not okay with was being with people who tolerate sexist comments. Classmates who endure the pain of being humiliated in front of other people. And on top of that, doing nothing to correct those things. And worst, just laugh along with the crowd. It sure was not a good environment to learn and grow as a full human being. I should say. I knew what joy in studying feels like and I had not felt it while studying in law school in that university at all. Was I depressed? I could not say that because I was not clinically diagnosed with depression and technically because I did not have the luxury of time and money to get checked professionally. But I knew it was the deepest darkest point I have ever been my entire life. I was just lucky and favored enough to be ferried by the Lord out of the circumstance safe, sane. 
just as how I quickly jumped to the side entering law school. I also decided to come out of it just as quick. I got the news that I finally can start working in the public health insurance office that I applied for halfway through the semester. I was more than relieved, knowing that I have somewhere to land on to when I decide to drop the pursuit of legal studies. I tried to juggle both work and finishing the semester instead of disappearing out of thin air. Eventually, my mental health noticeably went better. I had quality sleep, I regained my appetite, and I was no longer moody. I even continued studying the cases out from appreciation this time, and no longer out from the pressure or fear from being humiliated in front of the class. Did my performance in law school got better? Nope. I still sucked and got humiliated a few more times. But this time around, my face thickened. I had no problem getting humiliated anymore. I knew for myself that I went to classes to learn more and salvage all the learning I could get from the tuition fee. <laughs> I went to the library a lot, where I read a lot and listened to Christian music a lot. I eventually learned how to give in and gave time to extracurricular and social activities with my family, friends, and ministry partners. My extroverted self was in glee. My grades still went downhill though, but I felt more than okay as I was already taking things easy for my own mental health. One by one, I told the closest of my friends in law school that I was just finishing the semester and finally decided not to take the next one. Some did not take it seriously, thinking that I was only speaking here. One person even accused me of being intolerant to not getting high marks because I was so used of getting high grades after graduating with Latin honors. I felt misunderstood and I was deeply hurt. I sure can endure the pains of humiliation during recitations and classes, but hearing someone say that to my face is definitely way more than I could handle. That same person managed to silence me while he or she managed to cheat during a group exam along with my other classmates. Don't tell the professor or else our law school opportunity would go down the drain. He or she weren't. Someone who has never cheated in any of my quizzes and exams. I was in a depth of emotional, psychological, and moral turmoil. It took me a couple of restless nights to decide that I should not be the one who blow the whistle. It had to be them who cheated. Tell the professors you cheated yourself. It is not something that I should tell, I said to them. I waited for them to do it themselves, but they did not. In fact, they did it the second time again right in front of my face. From there, I knew for myself that these are not the kind of people I want to spend the rest of my law school days with. I decided to just back off from the group and distance myself from them, even if it left me with no one to study out or eat meals with. Until now, a year later, I am still not in the speaking terms with them, and I knew it was for the better. 
Even if I lost some friends in law school, I still gained a couple of good ones. The kind that I could freely express myself with, pray for, and converse with about my faith and beliefs without feeling disgusted or feeling hurt. And even if the good friends I was left with did not pursue law school, just like I had not, I am pretty sure that they are no less valuable and no less brilliant like those who remained afloat in the sea of humiliation, pressure, and unhealthy competition offered by law school. For my remaining friends and I, we chose to sail on a different direction. I could not stomach what law school has served me with, and I know for sure that God still has a lot in store for me. Law school was only a battle he let me encounter. I was tested and brought to my limits. I saw the best and worst of who I am, and I have learned enough. It was time to move on and move forward. There was once a part of me that regretted spending a whole six months in law school only to leave with a wounded heart and a bitter perspective towards the university and the kind of people it raises with its faulty system and unhealthy environment. Perhaps I am not one to say this, but I am pretty sure that if you could not change a crooked system, try to leave it before you yourself is turned crooked by it. Enough said. I am more than grateful to have learned and experienced much from that experience. A part of me also owes something from that. I will not be where I am or who I am today without having to encounter those things. Fast forward to my current situation, as I said, it has been a year since I decided to leave law school and I am finally delivered from all the bitterness and ill thoughts towards the cruel environment of law school. Mind you, I am still open for trying out law school again, hoping that I'd finally encounter the right people, find the right university with the right system, and have the right heart to try things again. But for now, I am more than privileged and happy to do greater things I was called for and happy with. Just to clear things up, being in a public health insurance corporation and having to work with mundane and routinely tasks were never in my bucket list. Only years ago, I pledged to myself that I would pursue a career that would allow me to go to different places and move a lot, but here I am, sitting in front of a computer every single day with eyes diagnosed with astigmatism. What could be any merrier than that? Sarcasm aside, I am very happy of where I am today. I surely have a stable income. In fact, what I earn monthly is more than enough for myself. I do not have such a lavish lifestyle anyway. Most of my money are spent for my loved ones, the ministry, and other necessary things. I still have enough left on my bank account, but it's not the point. <laughs> The point is, this daily job of mine allows me to have a life of my own after 5pm. That means I still have enough time left for the ministry works, social life, studying for teacher's licensure exam, and exploring new hobbies. I even got to learn to play the piano keyboard after a very long time of just imagining and dreaming about it. <laughs> What's even more surprising is, I got to manage and grow a YouTube channel called Memories. <laughs> you get that wordplay? Memories and whiz? 
all these things surely made my hands extra busy, but I always found them enjoyable. My heart is always delighted, my mind stimulated, my spirit uplifted, and most of all, my consciousness and conscience at peace. What could be more blissful than that? I am so blessed that even when the pandemic came around uninvited, I am in the situation where I am most secure financially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. I have all these things any 22-year-old single woman could ever long for. <clears throat> Except for a romantic partner, of course. <laughs> all these things I have shared to you are just a peek of how God has been faithful in my life. By listening to this, I only hope that any person would learn to trust and have faith on God's grand design. He is not yet finished on showing how great of a God He is. Maybe at some point you feel as if you're stuck in a muck or have been waiting long enough you think life's already pointless? Well, think again. This life of mine is just one of the million grains in the sand of the sea of wonders God is willing to show to you. And all we have to do is cling onto His promise in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good for those who love Him and those who are called according to His purpose. And open our eyes to the miraculous things He's doing, has been doing, and still about to do. This has been Reese with you and praying for blessings and peace. God bless.